Advances in modern medicine are giving dogs the chance to live longer, healthier lives. But one of the most life-changing innovations happened in the 1960s, and it wasn't invented by a big pharmaceutical company, but by a vet in his back room. Wheelchairs for Dogs, today on Dog Edition. Hello, I'm James Jacobson in Maui, Hawaii. And I'm Claire Mansell in London, England. Welcome to Dog Edition. Where voices from around the world consider all things dog. Dog Edition is the first show designed for you to listen to while you walk your dogs. In the 60 years since the invention of the dog wheelchair, the lives of millions of dogs change for the better, improving their health outcomes after operations and extending the lives of dogs who would otherwise have been euthanized. But what's it like to live with a dog on wheels? Today, we'll find out about the challenges and the rewards. So if you love dogs as much as we do, pause what you're doing, leash up your pup, and let's go for a walk, because we've got a lot to talk about on today's episode of Dog Edition. Dog wheelchairs are becoming more of a common sight these days. You might assume that they were invented due to a sudden traumatic incident that paralyzed a pet, but it was actually created to solve a rather different problem. The existence of the dog wheelchair is really down to one man, a veterinary orthopedic surgeon called Dr. Lincoln Parks, who's now in his mid-90s. He was quite a trailblazer in the 1960s and 70s, doing operations on dogs, which no one would have considered doing previously. But there was one problem. Of course, with a person, you can tell them to recuperate in bed. But when it comes to a dog, that is a little hard to do. Glenn Parks is Dr. Parks' son, and he runs Canine Carts, the business his father established. A lot of veterinarians, even to this day, recommend, say, a six to eight week cage rest for pets. Well, that's very difficult. So especially if you've got a younger pet that just wants to be up and active, to maintain them in a cage for weeks to months at a time is incredibly difficult. And there's not a lot of point in putting a pet through expensive and life-altering surgery if you can't ensure that afterwards they're taken care of the right way. What they did was they developed an idea that we can take care of these pets, rehab them more safely, but also give them mobility at the same time. He started off actually just building the wheelchairs even at his house because he didn't have a setup at our hospital at that point. And then developed an area within the hospital where they were building the wheelchairs to help the pets that needed them, either pre- or post-operative care or for, there's many pets that are just not good applicants for surgery. As the business grew, it became apparent that the carts that Dr. Parks was building weren't just changing the prognosis for post-surgery dogs, they were also saving lives too. As his client list expanded to dogs with degenerative conditions, paralysis or limb loss, the kind of dogs who until this point had had no future at all. It was an extremely high percentage of pets were being put down. Very, very high. Except for the rare occasion in which someone was willing to just take care of their pet and just deal with the nursing care on their own, and the pet literally just dragged around. That was the only scenario before the wheelchairs were developed. Canine Carts alone has now manufactured and custom-fitted over a million and a half wheelchairs. But Dr. Parks' invention has not just impacted dogs in the United States. In many countries with poor animal rights records, dogs which previously would have been euthanized have been able to start a new life. 
In Nepal, there is a rescue called Snezcare. They have 21 dogs who have either lost mobility in their limbs or had amputations and now depend on wheelchairs to get about, most of which are donated by the manufacturers. Sanju Shrestha is the manager there. When we take on the walking, they run faster than the normal dogs. They run so fast, like we have to call their names. It makes you so happy, you know. Without the hands, without the legs, they run. It's just like the freedom they get. The freedom of walking on their own. If you're not watching this on YouTube, we will post a link with videos to those dogs enjoying their freedom in today's show notes. Building wheelchairs may have started off as a backroom project for Dr. Parks, but those wheelchairs have evolved in the past 60 years. In the 1990s, canine carts completely changed the materials that they used and switched to using lighter metals. And they realized that they had to make their own wheels as well, so that they had exactly the right size ones on hand for the different breeds and weights of dogs who were their customers. And very recently, they invented something which is nearly as transformative as the first wheelchair they made back in the 1970s. Probably the big breakthrough that we've had over the past year or so is we've really developed the frontland wheelchairs out to another level. Frontland wheelchairs up until very recently were extremely difficult, and the success rate, honestly, was just not very high with them. We went into our new design. We completely transformed the way that those are made and how they work and function and so forth, and the balancing of them is actually the, the trickiest part. And so now we're doing a lot of frontland pets. And so for the first time in really in history over the past year or so, we've been really able to start helping front limb pets. So Jim, I'd never really thought about the fact that supporting front limbs on a dog is so much harder than supporting Hmm. back ones, but they obviously worked on it for a very long time and have now managed to get around the problems associated with it. Now, one of the dogs who's benefited from this innovation with these new types of wheelchairs is actually from your part of the world in the US. Bambi is a dog in Hawaii that was born with his front legs are very deformed. And that was a really tricky one because the owner really didn't want to amputate the front legs, even though they didn't do anything and they were rigid. So we had to develop a wheelchair to be able to hold the legs up. And the poor dog without it really couldn't do anything. It's just amazing to see like the before and then a year later to see what he's doing. Bambi's just running all over the place. As we've heard, dogs need wheelchairs for a variety of reasons. Sometimes it's just for a short period of time to recover from an operation. Sometimes it's for a birth defect. But most commonly, the need is prompted by ill health or an accident, and that can strike without any warning at any age. Carrie Whitney runs Frankie's Boutique, which is an online pet clothing retailer. It's named after her pug, Frankie, who developed a life-altering condition overnight. He was two, almost three, when we discovered that there was something wrong with him. Up until that point, he was healthy. He was incredibly active. He would quite easily do 10-mile walks, no problems at all. And then all of a sudden, I came back from a walk one evening, and one of his back paw nails was bleeding. And I just presumed he must have caught it while we were out walking. So Carrie cleaned up the wound and didn't think much of it until the next day when it happened all over again. She thought she'd better take her dog to the vet and get it properly bandaged and cleaned up so that it wouldn't get infected. She took him outside and kind of watched him walk back and forward a little bit. And she said, I think there's something wrong with his back. 
What Frank was diagnosed with was subarachnoid diverticular, which is a pocket of fluid on the spine. And it's unfortunately becoming more common as a result of the breeding of some brachydogs like pugs. Kerry was given the choice of anti-inflammatory medication for life with possible side effects or an operation also with risks. Frankie was only two years old, so they thought that the operation would be his best bet. But unfortunately, the surgery did not go well. I was not prepared for what was to come. I wish I knew what I knew then. I went to pick him up. Um, he obviously, hit his back end had completely gone. He couldn't walk anymore. He couldn't stand. He was never the same. He was never right after it. Kyle Cody faced a similar emergency with his Boston Terrier named Chalmers. Now, Chalmers is named after a University of Kansas basketball player. Kansas, of course, won the 2008 NCAA championship when Chalmers was just a puppy. And Kyle always hoped that the dog would live to see the team win once again. They won last year, but within hours of that celebration, everything changed. Two days later, he wakes up and all of a sudden his back legs quit working completely. He's got a degenerative back disorder. And so he's in no pain at all, but it's like his back legs are just asleep. Crystal and Glenn at Canine Carts also have a really adorable dog for whom everything changed overnight. He's a puppy that they rescued called Buster. And prior to them taking care of him, he fell from a bunk bed while playing with children and is now paralyzed. Those accidents can happen overnight and everything changes. And that's when it's good to know that a wheelchair may be an option. We're going to take a break right now, but after the break, we will hear about the charities that are helping dogs get mobile and the challenges of being an owner of a dog on wheels. We'll be right back. And now, a message from your dog. Every day with you is like a day at the beach, and I want as many beach days as possible. I want to run and sniff and find a good stick to carry. I want to roll in the grass and warm my belly in the sun. I want to walk with you, run with you, sleep with you, eat with you. And when I eat with you, I want Everpuff. The green, grassy, beef liver spike smell wakes my senses. You may not realize this, but it tastes like homemade gravy, especially when you wet it. It infuses any food you give me with health and life and vibrancy. I can feel it, Everpuff traveling to every cell in my body, nourishing each one. It helps me feel like I'm on top of the world. I'm so glad you're giving it to me every day because every day I'm so glad to be with you. I wouldn't have it any other way. I want my Everpup. It just makes me feel good. I am so grateful to be your dog and for the Everpup you give me. So now that you know what your dog wants, get Everpup, the ultimate dog supplement. Everpup is available in select pet shops and on Amazon. But to get the best price possible, join the Everpup Club at everpupclub.com, where you'll get your first jar for just $8 with free shipping anywhere in the U.S. Go to everpupclub.com and use the discount code DPN. That is everpupclub.com. Everpup every day. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. 
Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back. Before the break, we heard about the invention of the dog wheelchair and three dogs whose lives and health changed overnight. Only a few years ago, all of those cases that we heard about before the break would have seemed hopeless. But now dogs and owners have options. In fact, they have so many options that sometimes it can be a little overwhelming. There are adjustable chairs available which you fit yourself or a manufacturer like K9 Carts will custom build you one for your particular dog. Kyle travels around the US with his charity, Autism Down, and he actually moved to Florida partly to be closer to K9 Carts so he could get the right fit of cart for Chalmers, his dog. Now, Jim, I have to tell you, I didn't realize quite how big Florida was. <laughs> and it turns out I'm not the only one. I am a Brit, so that's my excuse. It turns out that Kyle moved to Florida and didn't realize quite how big it was either. And it was only when he looked up where canine carts were and realized he was <laughs> the opposite side of the state. <laughs> well, not everyone can move those long distances or afford the cost of a new wheelchair. And we mentioned that company in Nepal. It's actually not a company. It's an organization called <laughs> Snez Care. That's where the street dogs are given mobility thanks to donations of canine carts. But, well, there are folks in the United Kingdom who also need some financial help with getting a wheelchair for their pups. Rachel Wetner runs Winston's Wheels, which she set up when her seven-year-old Staffordshire Bull Terrier developed a tumour on his spine. Winston was your typical Staffy, crazy, belty, loony dog. And then he suddenly just started walking funny and not correcting his back paws. We were actually told that they couldn't operate because he'd passed away on the operating table, so... They said a lot of people would opt to have them put to sleep, and that wasn't an option for us. Rachel found that the added expense of having to pay for a wheelchair right after the cost of veterinary care was really challenging. So she decided to do something about it. It's normally people have a lot of vet bills when their dogs become ill and stuff, and buying a wheelchair, because they can range from 200 right the way up to like 600 pounds. So we've, we've found sort of a niche there that wasn't something that was needed. At the moment, we have 275 wheelchairs that are actually out in Northern Ireland and all over Britain. It turns out it's not just money that can be an obstacle trying to get dogs mobile again. Rachel says that the information that people get from their vets or therapists isn't always positive. I've had people phone me up in tears. They've come at their vets and they've had a really negative experience. Like the vet said, all it had damaged their internal organs being in a wheelchair and, and really stuff. And you're like, where are they getting this stuff from? They're trained vets. And, mm. you know, people come to me in tears. Now, that story seems strange, but in fact, it's not unique. 
not at all. Carrie, who owns Frank the Pug, tried everything to restore his movement. And when she tried to discuss getting a wheelchair for him with her specialist, she found the specialist strangely resistant. I remember at the time, the physio who we were with were just completely against it. I hadn't even really finished the sentence. As soon as I said the words wheels, it was like shut down. She was like, no, 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 no. Even canine carts in Florida say that they have encountered problems getting veterinarians to recommend wheelchairs. Perhaps one of the reasons that there is some reluctance and negativity about wheelchairs is because there are practicalities that owners need to adjust to. Some of these are bigger than others. Let's start with a small one, footwear. Footwear for the dog? (laughs) No, footwear for the owner. Now, I know this seems a bit random, (laughs) but here is Rachel Wetner to explain. You'll know when you have a wheelchair dog, the first thing I say to people is flip-flops are gone. Don't wear sandals because your toes are just going to be run over. I mean, they just, they don't engage the brain. They just go. I can relate to this whole thing because I have recently had maple in a medical cone walking around the house. Mm. And you, you know how they walk straight into the back of your legs when they're wearing a cone? They have no awareness whatsoever. And so I imagine it's very similar. I can imagine that. And I would imagine also that the bigger the dog, the more obstacles there are. So that could be a bigger problem if you have a big dog in a wheelchair. Yes, and actually that is part of the reason that you tend to see more small dogs in wheelchairs because smaller dogs Mm. can stay in them all day and run around inside and out quite easily. But large dogs need to be taken out of them so that they can lie down and also navigate around smaller spaces like a house. And of course, if you have a bigger dog, they weigh more, so you got to lift them out of the chair and that can be difficult. So if you're thinking of a longer-term solution for a large dog, that is something you really want to consider carefully. And another thing you need to think about is the implications of their injury. Now, the wheelchair will make them mobile, Mm. but it won't fix the injury. And Frank the Pug has a form of paralysis that means that Kerry has to help with his toileting. Mm. And that has had a really big effect on her life. The operation left him with nerve damage. So he doesn't know when he needs to go. I mean, I'm not a vet nurse. I never thought ever that I'd have to learn how to express a dog's bladder. It changed everything. I can't go on holiday. I can't can't go away for the weekend. Me and my partner can't just up and go for the night. And it's a similar situation for Kyle, who has Chalmers. I have pads that he sleeps on every night. He's in a diaper 100% of the time. It's almost like having a baby. You really have to treat it that innocently, I guess. It's been quite the adjustment for me because I've never had kids and <laughs> I'm starting to understand a little bit of the, <laughs> you know, it's not, not just as easy as it looks. He wakes up basically every three hours. So I take him out somewhere between eight and 12 times a day. So it's me physically carrying him out, letting him go to the restroom. And then he's immediately in his cart after that. So it's not much sleep. Those are really dedicated dog lovers. And if it all seems like a lot to take in, you will be pleased to know that the internet is there to the rescue. There are a lot of online communities of people who have dogs in wheelchairs, and they provide a lot of support for people who are either considering it or dealing with the challenges of a dog on wheels. Carrie found one of those online communities particularly helpful. 
And it was through this, talking to people on the Wheelie Pug group, they all said, get wheels, get wheels, and if it's the best thing. And you're like, well, when is the time to get wheels? And they all said, all of them, now, get them now, because you're better off getting him used to them now than wait until he needs them. We'll drop links to some of those Facebook groups and online communities that we've come across in the show notes if you want to find out more. Even though the idea of transitioning your dog to a wheelchair might seem a bit overwhelming, everyone that we spoke with while putting this episode together said that getting their dog a wheelchair was really a positive thing. Carrie's dog, in fact, has developed quite a fan base on the internet. He's the most beautiful dog. He's so funny. He's full of character like they all are. And he's loving and he's, you know, and he's never let this condition stop him. He still has a really good quality of life. Kyle says that Chalmers is constantly lapping up the compliments from people. Every person that comes through here is, that's the most adorable dog ever, you know, and all this positivity stuff that I really, really need. Rachel and Elaine, who are at Winston's Wish, which is the charity which loans wheelchairs to dogs who need them, get really good feedback all the time from the dog owners who are using them, even if the dog only benefits from the wheels for a very short period of time. Dogs are quite good. Dogs are so much better than humans. They just adapt so well. People come back and they say he's been out and he got to play with his football in the garden again. And it was just lovely for him to just have that little moment where he could do what he wants to do, what he'd done before. Been to the beach for the last time, but they managed to run to the beach, sort of, before their time was up. A trip to the beach is always a good thing. Well, that is all the time we have for on today's show. I want to thank you for listening and thank all of our guests who have been on the show. If you'd like to find out more about their organizations, we have the links in today's show notes. Don't forget to head to dogpodcastnetwork.com to find our other dog-based podcasts. Next week, we will be dropping an episode of Hound Headlines, which is our new unscripted look at the week's dog news. Unscripted? Is this show scripted? Apparently so, Jim. A little bit. (laughs) If you want to make sure you get that when it's published, follow this podcast in your podcast app. I'm Claire Mansell. And I'm James Jacobson. On behalf of all of us here at Dog Podcast Network, we'd like to wish you and your dog a very warm aloha. Aloha.